Brilliant. Thanks, Liv. Um, do turn up Deuteronomy chapter 18. Sorry, that wasn't there straight away. Um, but we're going to start there. Uh, and let me pray. Father, please, would you help us to listen to what you have to say to us this evening? Father, please, would you warm our hearts to the Lord Jesus that we might love and serve him? Amen. Well, have you ever had that moment where you gather around a briefing or announcement, some message as though your life depends on it or, or like nothing else in the world matters at that moment? Maybe you look back at some of the early briefings that Boris made to the nation, gathering around the telly or the radio. What is it that he's going to say? What's the implication for me and my family? What's it going to change? I remember sitting, listening to the radio with my dad vividly 16 years ago. It was the 8th of December 2004 a couple of days before my mum's birthday. We had gone out for dinner at Café Rouge in Hitchin Town Centre, Hertfordshire. It was a cold December night and the rain was driving. Come the end of the meal, me and my dad shot out, bolted across the cobbles in the market square of Hitchin Town. Soaked in the process, all to get into the car and sit round the radio. Liverpool versus Olympiakos, the final group game. Liverpool were heading out of Europe. They had eight minutes left. They had to score two. The only information that seemed to matter in the world in those moments to me and my dad, coming through the sound of the commentator and the pitch, pitch side noises, me and my dad, soaked from seconds sprinting in the rain, huddled round the radio together, listening. Moments pass, a few minutes go on, and then it happened. Mela, lovely cushioned header to Gerard. And me and my dad were bouncing. The information that we needed, the voice screaming just what we wanted to listen to. Look, if you've been around at Town Church any time at all, you'll have heard that we prioritise God's word. That's one of our values. It's part of who we want to be as a church. And you'll see as you come each week that we read it and we hear it preached. But, but the question we're asking this evening is, why is the reading of and preaching of God's word, a crucial part of the regular Sunday gathering. And how does that shape the way we approach it? Well, throughout the Old Testament, God's people gathered to hear what he had to say. And the bit we read from Deuteronomy, it, it sets this up because really as a book, all that happens of significance as an event in the book of Deuteronomy is Moses dies. There's not much else that happens, but you see, that's really significant because it sets up the question, how will God's people operate 
without their appointed covenant mediator. That's how will they operate without the official go-between between a covenant God who reveals himself to a covenant people. And you see there, keep it open, Deuteronomy chapter 18, in verse 16, God's people say, if they hear the very voice of God or see him, they'll die because of his holiness. So what happens is God appoints a prophet who will speak out his words to the people. Look with me at verse 17 to 22. Let's just look at what's emphasized. Read along with me. It's God's words. Everything is done by God's command. It's God's words in God's name, in God's name by his command, not by any other gods. Do you see the emphasis? The prophet is appointed to speak out God's words. Here's what Christopher Ash writes about Deuteronomy in his work on Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is the mandate for the people of God to assemble under the preached word of God, or to be more accurate, the written word preached. This is why Deuteronomy is not really a law book, but a preaching book, Chris Frash writes. And, and so here, and throughout the rest of the book of Deuteronomy and the Old Testament, what the prophet says to the people takes two forms. Firstly, it's progressive revelation of God's rescue plan. It's progressive revelation of God's rescue plan. Put really simply, it's what God is going to do for his people. What's going to happen to God's people, how he's going to provide, care for, rescue, judge. It's the revealing of the unfolding redemptive plan for God's people in the whole of history. And in the Old Testament, that's obviously really key and necessary as the redemptive plan is being unfolded. We've seen that recently in the book of Isaiah. God gave Isaiah the pictures to reveal to the people what new thing God will do in history. It's a progressive revelation of God's rescue plan. Things are being unfolded, developed. And secondly, it's a proclamation to the gathered assembly, a, a proclamation to the gathered assembly. What does God want from his people today? What is it that God has to say to his people? Maybe you're familiar with Old Testament prophets that were appointed to plead with God's people to change their lifestyle in some way to speak to the people, to proclaim what God has to say, what God wants for his people. And you see in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15, and in the surrounding chapters, the call is, you must listen to him. God's people are to listen to the prophet appointed to speak on behalf of God. But look, God will call to account anyone who doesn't listen to what he said. So 
we see in the Old Testament that it's the prophet's job to speak to the assembly, the gathered people, on behalf of God, both to reveal what God is doing and to proclaim what he has to say to his people for all matters of government of God's people. And yet look at verse 19. It's God who ultimately calls them to account. God says, I will call to account. So it's a progressive revelation of God's rescue plan and a proclamation to the gathered assembly. That's what the prophet is called to do. Well, what about now? Why do we start there as we think about preaching? How does God speak to his gathered people today? Well, we know in the New Testament that while God's people are still called to gather, there isn't the same need for a prophet. We read Hebrews chapter one. Look at verse one with me. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. So you see in verse one and two, the prophet's role finds its fulfillment in Jesus. Jesus has fulfilled the progressive revelatory role of the prophet completely. Because he is God's full and final rescue plan for mankind. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. He has revealed to us his full redemptive plan to rescue a people for himself through the work of the Lord Jesus. And he appointed the apostles to a ministry of accounting that the work of the Lord Jesus, his ministry in detail for us. So you see, that means now we don't need a fresh revelation of God's redemptive plan because it's complete. So as Paul says, we'll preach Christ and him crucified. The fulfillment of the proclamation is that it is Christ who is proclaimed to the gathered church because Hebrews 1 he is the exact representation of God's being and he sustains all things by his powerful word. See, that's why it's him that we should expect to hear about in the gathered church. If you watched Word Alive online last week, I know that many of you did, you might have recognised Jonathan Carswell. If you didn't, he is the director of 10 of those, a Christian resource provider. He does lots of book plugs. If you've been to a um, physical event where he's plugged a book, you'll remember him probably because he's quite quirky. He sprints across the stage. He comes up to the mic, very aware of time, but he's brilliant and measured in the way that he plugs books. And a line that he's very familiar with using is, I commend to you this book. I commend this book to you. He uses the word commend nearly every time. And he goes on to explain that he's commending the book because he's convinced that it will be of real value to, it, to you. The preacher will commend Christ. Why? 
Well, whenever we come to the Sunday sermon, to the preaching of God's word, we should expect to have our heart warm to the truth of the Lord Jesus. We should expect to hear the truth about Jesus and be helped to enjoy that truth, to appreciate Jesus and submit to him. The implication for town church is that we don't need a new revealing. But we need to hear what God has done as recorded in his words. We need to have our hearts warmed to the Lord Jesus. That means that as we look to listen to God speak in the gathering of believers here at Town Church, we'll do a few things. First, we'll let God speak in the way that he has revealed his word, book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. For the majority of our preaching, that's expository. We'll let God's word speak as it's been revealed. The vast majority of our preaching will be like that. It's only on occasions that we'll do as we're doing now and look topically. Second, we'll consciously be covering a breadth of scripture as God has revealed in redemptive history. Time in the Old Testament, time in the New Testament, time in different genres. And third, we'll have the Bible as our measure as we listen. See, just as in verse 22 of Deuteronomy 18, as the people were to ask, well, has that taken place? Has that come true? Now we'll ask, is that what God has revealed? Is that what God says to us in his word? And you see, we'll keep asking that question. Is that what the Bible says? 2 Timothy 3 verse 16 and 17 says, all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You see, it's God's word, the Bible, breathed out by him, that is useful for all that we need. And you see, that's why there's plenty of valuable things that we could do, and, and will do at times, We'll spend time delving into apologetic debate or looking at the historicity of the Bible and, and manuscripts or teaching literary devices. But the bread and butter of our preaching at Town Church will be to open God's word and to proclaim Christ. Well, the question you might have is if Christ has fulfilled the revelatory role of the prophet. And we know that God speaks to us by his word. Well, why do we place such an emphasis on preaching? Why is preaching significant over and above just reading the Bible by ourselves? Well, remember the second form of the prophet's voice, proclamation. To speak to God's people, God's gathered people to hear what he has to say. The word we use for what happens on a Sunday sermon, preach, it's the same word in the Greek, proclaim, caruso. See, whilst Jesus has fully and finally revealed his rescue plan for all people, and verse 3 of Hebrews 1 says he sustains by his word, we're also told that he 
is sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven and his work is done. Ephesians 4 tells us that Jesus has given the role of proclaiming Jesus to his servants in the church. The New Testament, it gives us the model by which elders are appointed under Christ to shepherd his church. And so the ongoing role of shepherding, feeding, governing God's people has been entrusted by Jesus to the elders of the church. That's why as Paul trains Timothy, his central charge to Timothy that he gives as he goes on to be a servant of the gospel in this way, 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1, he says, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. It's his central charge. Within the context of the local gathered church, it's the responsibility of the elders that the preaching at the Sunday gathering by them or others is done faithfully. What does it mean faithfully? Well, Titus chapter one, verse nine says, as a description of the elder, he must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. See, it's vital for the local church that their elders hold firmly to the trustworthy message so that they can uh, um, they can make sure that it is proclaimed faithfully that it is sound doctrine that anything opposed to it is refuted let me be really clear about what this doesn't mean those who preach at town church are not prophets those who preach at town church are not appointed to reveal anything new in God's redemptive plan but at the gathering of believers as the new testament describes it when the bible is read and preached it is done under Jesus's authority entrusted to his under shepherds the role of the bible being read and preached it's the proclamation of Jesus for the gathered local church. It's Jesus who is God's full and final rescue plan. It's Jesus who is the authority whom we submit to for all matters of life today in Bista. Here's some implications for us at Town Church. First, the reading and preaching of God's word is of fundamental importance to our gatherings. Our series is called The Gathered Church to help us to see what's important, the way that we operate, why we do what we do. To be black and white about it, if we were to continue to gather without the reading and preaching of God's word, if that were to continue to happen, we'd cease to be a gathered church. That's the importance of it, because it's God speaking to us today. I wonder, do you approach the Sunday sermon, the Sunday reading with that importance? 
do you prepare yourself to listen do you reflect on what you've heard from god as he speaks to you second is the chief way in which god feeds sustains his gathered church the the majority of the preaching at town church is done by the elders because under jesus the elders have been appointed as those under shepherds to the flock on the occasion that others preach they'll they'll do so in relationship with the elders under the leadership why is that important why does that matter well listening to tim keller or john piper or any other excellent excellent preacher whilst it may be of great help and great encouragement fundamentally they are not appointed to preach to you and they won't because they don't know you the preaching of god's word to the local gathering of believers is to be done first and foremost by its own leaders when i listen to the sunday sermon do i listen fundamentally to learn to extend my knowledge do i less listen to critique, to compare, to assess? Or do I listen fundamentally to hear what God is saying to me today? Third, we'll prioritise God's word in all we do. We know that, we've heard that if you've been around town church for any length of time. Yeah, there is a significance to the preaching of God's word in the Sunday sermon. Christopher Ash writes in the book I mentioned before, in some churches, we have slipped into assuming that personal Bible reading and one to one Bible studies and Bible study groups are the normative way for Christian people to hear the word of God. This, we say, is what a healthy Christian life looks like. But in defining the Christian life like this, we may unwittingly have alienated the illiterate, the functionally illiterate, the less educated, the less confident studying a text. I wonder if, Christopher Ash writes, quite unintentionally, we may have contributed to making some of our churches more monocultural than they might otherwise be. Look, that's the reason why, for the majority of the time, the thrust of our small groups is coming under the sound of God's word by keeping one another accountable to what he is saying to us from the previous Sunday. We'll focus on the application of the passage rather than predominantly interpretation itself. Not that those things aren't valuable, not that we won't spend time sometimes doing it, but that's what we'll do normally. And you might be thinking, if you're anything like me, doesn't that feel a little bit uncomfortable? Isn't, isn't the emphasis on the sermon and the preacher there just a little bit too much? Doesn't this dangerously raise up the authority of the preacher? Well, the answer is God has raised this up of significant importance. And yes, Sadly, some people love the authority, the importance of it. Unfortunately, we don't need to look far to see examples of preachers who love that power. But that's nothing new. 
there's much of that written in the New Testament. We must be wary of false teaching. But we must be wary of false teaching, be careful to listen that it's God's word, but not unwilling to submit to what God has to say to us. See, God's word is revealed, his full and final authority. It's revealed in scripture. Hebrews 1 is clear on that. That's how we measure and check what God has to say to us. And Hebrews 1 is also clear that the authority is Christ's. Any authority that a Bible teacher has is borrowed from him. And so it's Jesus that we submit to. It's Jesus that we submit to, not the preacher. That's why it's the job of the preacher to commend Christ. As we finish, I think it's important for us to ask this question. How do I approach the reading and preaching of God's word in the context of the Sunday gathering? Because, of course, it's important to say just how important it is. It's, it's important to know its value and its authority, why we do what we do. But fundamentally, it's all of those things for a reason. We know all of those things and we must know all of those things for a reason. Because if we just leave with a greater understanding of preaching, we've missed the point. It's all of those things because it's God's way, by his word, of warming our hearts to the Lord Jesus. His ultimate rescue plan. Because it's a rescuing God speaking in his own way to his rescued people. When we come to listen, we have the joy and the privilege of hearing what our God has to say to us. The God who cares about each one of us. The God who cares about Town Church Bista today. The God who speaks to Town Church Bista today. It's Jesus who is preached because he, Hebrews 1, is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being. It's Jesus who is preached because he is the fulfillment of God's revealed redemptive rescue plan for his people in all time. It's Jesus who is preached because it's in him we have all we need for life today. So, Town Church, will you come to the gathering to listen to God's words, to have your hearts warmed to the person of Jesus, that you might trust him, that you might follow him, that you might submit to him? Let me pray. Father, we thank you so much that as we open up your word, you speak to us. Father, thanks for that immense privilege. Please, Lord, would you warm our hearts to the Lord Jesus in all that you've done for us in him. Lord, that we might follow him, trust him, submit to him in all of our life. Amen. Well, we're going to sing a song.
that speaks of just that. It's like a question. It's like an, a, a prayer of asking of what our preaching would be like. Show us Christ. Show us Christ. Oh, God, reveal your glory in the preaching of your word. Why? Well, so that and until every heart confesses Christ is Lord. Let's sing together. <laughs>